Okay, welcome back. We have a this has to be two years in the making. I think I've tried to get this coach on a couple times. <laughs> uh, it's uh, yeah, it's been it's been about that. I know we've been we've been trying to get this organized for a while. I'm excited to be on. Uh, I'm going to say your name wrong, so I apologize, Coach Lynham. Did I say it right? You, wow, wow, one of one of few to get it right in the first try. Oh man, Coach Lynham at Liberty University of Liberty. Coach, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm glad to be a, glad to be a part of it. Like you said, it's been about two years in the making, and uh, been uh, looking forward to, to finally doing this. This might be the last episode. Then, if it's taken two years, I might just stop. I might be like, "All right, I got it. It's done. We don't. <laughs> I don't have to do this no more." <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, sir. That's just more pressure on you now. I told you no pressure. Now there is. If it's the last one, yeah. it's pressure. Yeah, you totally flipped script on me now. Now now I've got to go execute the spread and be Army. Yeah, so. you got to be Army and change your, your whole offense up. No, <laughs> right. I, my last name's Polish. It's Kachevsky, which is not too hard. That's why it's Coach Steve. So when I ask people their last names, I'm like, I'm going to say it wrong because I'm so used to first name basis. I'm like, I, I don't screw around no with doubt. that. Your, I think I can say yours. There's no chance I can spell it though. You, there's no Z. There's no nothing. It's pretty like it's it's Kachevsky. It's spelled pretty good. Uh, people can spell it. <laughs> there's only nine. There's only nine letters in it. It's not like Shashevsky where there's fifteen or sixteen. There's only nine letters. Yeah, a little bit better. A little bit better of a shot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but coach, before we get into any type of rabbit holes, we're gonna be professional for a second. Okay. How did you end up at Liberty? Like, what's the coaching career path? Because uh, I think you've been at a couple of different spots, you said. But, like, how did you get to Liberty now? Because the whole Coastal Carolina staff got there, and then you get hired along with them. So how was what was the path to get there? Right. This, this is a – this could take a while, and this, this is a <laughs> rabbit hole in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um, so we, we've been talking about getting on here together for two years, and in those last two years um, – I think I've been three or four places. Wow. So it's been a wild ride. Um, I played at UCF uh, uh -huh. in Central and um, was an undrafted guy, got cut from the Chargers and Dolphins, and um, a year or two later ended up have, taking my first coaching job at Huntington College in Montgomery. Um, coach Mike Turk, an unbelievable human and a great coach, gave me a chance there. Um, so broke into coaching at Huntington College, a D3 school, and then went back to UCF as a grad assistant. Um, from there, went to Florida with uh, Jeff Collins as a, as a uh, defensive GA, and then followed him as an analyst to Temple uh -huh. um, there a year. Gets a little interesting right there. Um, I left to pursue a head coaching opportunity in Australia. Oh, okay. So, tried tried that out. Um, wanted to had had a grand grand idea to coach football around the world and see how see how that might might go. And I've uh, always kind of been the free thinking, free spirited type of individual. So, mm -hmm. uh, had big aspirations to do that. Didn't quite work out. Uh, wasn't what I expected. So was there five or six months. Um, came back home. Was out of football. Was kind of kicking myself. Um, and ended up seeing an opening on football scoop for, uh, operations, um, interns for the AAF, the American, mm -hmm. uh, American Alliance of football, um, and knew somebody there and ended up getting on with Steve Spurrier 
wow. in the Orlando Apollos. Yep, out in San Antonio for a month. Um, so did that. They didn't have a lot of help, you know, as far as like analyst type guys who could who could function in that role. So I kind of um, became that for them. Um, did that, and then was able to get an interview at Jacksonville State FCS school um, in Alabama. Um, so gone on, got on Alabama as a linebackers coach for two years, um, where I actually uh, met my wife. We had um, identical twin girls, and then as soon as we had them, we moved to uh, Atlanta to go to Georgia Tech, where I was a senior analyst. Um, was there a year, and then right before uh, fall camp around this time, uh, 2021, I left to go be a defensive coordinator at Catawba College, a D2 school in North Carolina. Um, was there, we were unsuccessful. Uh, the head coach um, stepped down, retired, um, and I almost, oh, so I accepted a head high school job at St. Clair County High School in Alabama the same night that the board approved that. Ron Roberts called me at Auburn um, to come be an analyst for him. So I ended up taking that and was there a few months and then the linebacker job opened at Liberty and was able to interview and get that. So. It's been a it's been a heck of a road uh, so far, and uh, just very very grateful, very blessed to be in this situation uh, and have this opportunity and be on a, a great staff or a great university, uh, working alongside some unbelievable humans and a, and a great team. So it's been it's been awesome so far. Yeah, you could write a book with all that. Yeah. That, oh yeah. So some of the travels and people and things I've seen and, and done and just the whole timeline in and of itself is is pretty crazy and moving uh moving the wife and kids five times, um, you know, since they've been born, they're two now and they've lived five different places. So <laughs> it's been a wild ride. We're going to, we're going to try to <laughs> settle it down and, and plant some roots here as long as possible. Yeah. I hear that about you college coaches. I complain about high school. I'm like, you college coaches sometimes have to move around so much. And like, uh, I just talked to coach Nord. He's the offensive line coach for, uh, the raging Cajuns. And yeah. he told me a story about getting to Alabama and he all here, all, people have to listen to it. He was just like, Nick Saban calls me cause he like took a year off coaching and tried to get back to Alabama as an analyst. Saban calls him and he was like, do you want this job or not? Blah, blah, blah. And he goes, yeah, I'll be there. And he goes, you better be here in two days. And he's like, he just packed whatever he could in his car, threw everything else away and bam, just at the drop of a hat. Exactly. Yeah. Some, something is, something is chemically not, right with us in our, <laughs> in our brains we've, we've got some issues and i don't know how our how our wives and significant others put up with it but somebody's got to do it right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i joke around i've coached at like seven high schools and people are like damn steve you coach at seven high schools and i'm like yeah, yeah. you know you just got to yeah yeah part part of it the nature of the beast but you know hopefully you can get on somewhere i've been coaching this would be my 10th year you 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 spend your whole career trying to get on at a place like this, working for a head coach like Coach Chadwell, mm -hmm. and being around people like this. So I'm just uh, very grateful to to have the opportunity, and just got to take full advantage of it. Um, what what I think I know because I've talked to people. What goes into like an analyst role? Because you had you said that's kind of how you get into coaching. Like, so what goes along with that? Because we just talk about. Coach Leonard got that at Illinois, and so Coach right. Bielma had to explain to them, like, he's not on the field. He's going to do a bunch of things in the office. Then he's yeah. going to go home. On, he gets to go home on the weekends. He's like, just go. You don't have to do anything else. Right. Um, yeah. It, so that, that's the crazy part about it. It varies 
so drastically from situation to situation, you know, like you, you, the role could be described and be totally different for each person. It's on a case by case basis. You know, you could be a, a senior analyst like, like he is where you maybe do some forward scouting, uh-huh. um, you know, for the defense coordinator, for the, for the upcoming opponent and you break them down and you give them, you know, your, your thoughts and ideas, um, what you would do. There's an analyst who functions a lot like a GA. Um, he, he does a lot of the, the visio drawings and the grunt work and the, all the behind the scenes presentations and uh, things like that. So it could be a guy who, you know, is an older guy, who is just there to provide, you know, his expertise and wisdom because he's coached a, a lot of years. So it, it does. It really varies case by case and school by school and just whatever they need you in and whatever your kind of strong suit is and, and forte is, you fill that role for them. Okay. Because I was telling a coach that, and they're like, well, that kind of stinks. You can't really coach and be on the field. And I'm like, yeah, right. but the more I talk to the guys, they're like, yeah, but we appreciate it then when we go on the field and, you know yes. – our, our film watching has gotten better. Um, this part of our life has gotten better, like, like going into coaching. And I was like, yeah, but again, if that's what they want to do, they're, they're going to do it. And, you know, and I said, think about it. You're getting paid, not a lot, but you're getting paid to do that part. And I was like, if I was younger and I knew that yeah. I might've done that, you know, right. I'm too old yeah. now, but back then I might've. Yeah, no, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot, a lot of positives you can take from it. And it, it definitely is a growing experience. You, you actually, you know, if you if you look at it in the right perspective and and detach yourself and are able to observe, mm-hmm. you know, and and take it all in and see, you know, what what are, what the things are that full uh, full time position coaches are doing that that you would do differently, or you know, things that you take from them, you're able to uh, just detach and observe, you know, and, and it kind of helps you you mold your your style and and how you're going to do it when you get back. Um, you know, on the field and having your own room. So it's good. It's good. It offers a lot of perspective. You have to grow in different areas where, you know, it might, it might be out of your comfort zone. So, you know, it, I, I always like to think it's, you know, it, it may not be ideal, but you're if you're always learning, you're always growing. It's going to mm-hmm. benefit you in the end. That's what everybody tell, told me. And then, but the other part of it is I talk to college coaches because some, they're losing GAs left and right or analysts left and right. And it's either because they're moving up or they're just done. And I'm like, so you guys having a hard time finding coaches? Like it's getting harder. Like it is getting harder to find positions for that. And even high school, like last year we lost four coaches and we didn't hire them within seven months. Like it took forever. Like high school, there's no high school coaches. Like I had people calling me, you guys have anybody that wants to like get a stipend and go coach? And we're like, we're trying to find those people. So, you know, and yeah, and then, like, Texas had thousands of coaching jobs open when the school year started last year. Like, it, it, there isn't. Okay. And, yep. and people are telling me that. They're like, yeah, especially in college because they don't want to live the GA life. Yeah. And Right, right. Guys don't, yeah. And, and that that that's something I haven't really thought about until you brought it up. But there's that, you know, I guess g- generationally guys don't want to sacrifice that much for that long with the unknown of, you know, them may, maybe not being able to ever, ever – quote unquote, make it or not. But then also the the gap or the rift between entry level jobs and the jobs that everybody wants making all the money. Like yeah. there's such a huge gap between, you know, entering in the profession and trying to struggle and survive. There's there's so much more of that than there is the the high paying jobs, you know, uh-huh. and that is now that that does make a lot of sense the way you put it. 
Yeah, uh, I this podcast I've done since it was February of 2020. Then COVID hit, so I think I started COVID. Is what I tell people. Like I started this, and COVID hit. I I take the blame. But <laughs> the more I talk to college coaches, they're like, "Yeah, we haven't seen the money pay off because all you see in the media is the big time money makers." Where that's not the average. The average is like a normal person, but the mm-hmm. sacrifices you guys had to make to get there, like um, Coach Henning, he's at Minnesota State, he's an offensive line coach, he's all over Twitter. I've talked to him and he told me a story. He was a police officer. He did not coach, he was a police officer. Realized he wanted to coach, sold his house, sold all of his stuff, drove to Minnesota State and said, I want to be a GA. And he had to live off that money of his house. And, uh, and I'm like, I would never think to do that. And he's like, no. He goes, again, like you said, we have a few screws missing to be a coach. And he's like, but now he's like, I'm not making big buku money. He goes, I have enough money to survive and for his family. And he goes, and I love it. He goes, if I can pay bills, save money, I'm good. Like, whatever. And he loves where he's at. But, like, again, I'm about to be 33. Um, I would never go do that now. You know, like, you're too old for that. Or, like, teachers – if a teacher that's making anywhere from sixty to a hundred thousand dollars coaching football, Liberty comes along and says, "Hey, you want to be a GA? We'll give you a thousand a month for six months or whatever it is." They're like, "No, hold on, nope, won't do it." Yeah, yeah. And, no, it's hard. I like I've been in position to be able to recommend GAs for Division One, you know, GA jobs, and they're high school coaches, and without batting an eye, they say no. You know, like. <laughs> I'm good where I'm at. I love I love what I'm doing. I like my, you know, my work life balance, my quality of life, and I'm making decent money. Like that's it. That is it. It's a huge, huge sacrifice that that takes. I mean, it takes a, a giant leap of faith, and and still, like, I mean, you could be the the smartest, best, well rounded coach in America, and it's it, it that doesn't always you know lead to you making you know, tons of money in the profession. So it, it's a gamble. It's a, it's a, it's a high risk. Uh, but also, you know, being able to see it through, um, and stay the course, you know, and, and fight through some of those obstacles and ups and downs, like when it does pay off and you do hit one, like it, it does make it all worth it. Yeah. You appreciate it a little more. Like, like you were saying, you were blessed to be where you're at because you're a linebackers coach. Now you have your own little, like yep. you have your room, you're in charge and you're doing this and now you can take everything you learned and grinded it out. And, and I hate that word grinded out, but like, that's just what it is. Yeah. Right. Now you appreciate it a little more. Than- yeah. No, hundred percent. Like I, it would be totally different if, if, you know, you're just a young coach off the street and within two years, not to say that you, you, you maybe don't deserve it, but there's something to, you know, putting the work in and, and earning it, you know, nothing being handed to you and, you know, finding a way to get it done and it, it, you know, taking the hard, taking the hard road and, and it paying off. So no, it's definitely a cool feeling. Yeah. Mine was the opposite. Like I said, I was 19. I started coaching at my high school, my varsity coaches, like you're going to help me out. So I've known nothing my whole life other than varsity slash JV football for high school level. And I'll never forget. I'm, he got fired. I'm living in Charleston, Illinois. I was like, I'm going to go to their high school now and see if I can coach. The coach was brand new. He goes, what have you coached? I said, offensive line, defensive line. We ran the power eye, triple option. And he goes, okay, I'll let you know. Next day, he goes, hey, I'm interested. You're going to do running backs, linebackers. 
you're going to call the JV defense. You're going to help out the varsity defensive coordinator because I'm going to put you in an uncomfortable situation because you don't know it. And I, you know, well, how old was I? 21, 22 yeah. maybe. And I'm throwing a fit thinking I know everything. I'm like, oh, this is stupid. But I went and did it. And yeah. I was like, this is dumb. I want to be offense, blah, 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 blah. And at the end of the year, I started to look at offense. I'm like, well, now that I know how defense is structured, now I know how to attack it from an offensive perspective. And then I had to coach different positions. And then and I realized, like, I wouldn't have traded that for the world. And now I realize, like, I should have started at the bottom and moved my way up because I was a spoiled brat. Like, this is all I know. I want to do this. And <laughs> I appreciate it a little more. Then I became an OC at 25. And then it went back. I was like, I know everything. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And yep. got your ass kicked a couple times. You go, oh, I don't know as much as I think I do. And now that I'm older, I appreciate it more. So, like, our offense coordinator, who was a great guy, I come into this high school. It's his second year calling offense. And I come in, and I have called offense years longer than him, and he's older than me. I think he yeah. liked having me there because I could talk him through stuff now and be like, hey, you're the OC. I'm not taking your job, but this is how we need to think things through and organize and do all this stuff. And so now I go it, into it with, I don't know everything, but here's what I do know. And I'm going to learn. You guys are going to teach me something and blah, blah, blah. So it just helped me out. Um, right. Especially because we ran a 3-4 defense and trying to learn a 3-4 defense for me was just mind-blowing at a young age. You're like, What? Because in high school, you played like a 4-4. Four, four, we played a 5-2 yeah. my freshman year. And I'm like, I don't know what this 3-4 is. But Right, yeah. That Moral of the story is I should have started at the lower and moved up. So I think right. it's, even though I've been coaching almost 14 years, it set me back a little bit because I was like, this is all I know. And then now that you go through something tough, COVID was the big tough one where it just churned. And but now now we I I appreciate it more, so I'm not hooping and hollering anymore as much, and yeah, you know yeah. my heart rate's not 180. You know it's not going up as much, and you yeah. know all that stuff. I always check. I'm like, hey guys, my heart rate's still under 120. We're still having a good day. Like good. we're good. Yeah. You know all yeah, that no, stuff. No, that makes sense. It does. It does. It's but it, it's all it's all growth and it's all you know. I, I feel like the more that the more that you do learn, the more that you know, the less you know that you don't know at all. You know, and if you're able to have that type of mindset and, and perspective, you know, have humility about, uh, you know, the game and, and knowing that you don't know everything, being a a lifelong learner, constantly seeking and and being able to mold and adapt and learn new things, like I, that's where it's at. Mm-hmm. Well. COVID, I like overdosed on football knowledge from talking to people. I got all this knowledge from people yeah. and I'm writing it down. I have the podcast, I'm listening and I'm like, I want to do all this. And then it got to a point where I couldn't talk football for a while. I was like, guys, this is too much. I've said too much. I've learned too much. Uh, I have to throw this. I have a big bin of football stuff. I'm like, take this notebook and throw it in there. It's like my toolbox. I just throw it in there and then if I need it, I can go back and get it. Like coming into this year, we may have to be a pistol team because of our quarterback situation. And so what happened? Well, Steve, we, do you got pistol stuff? I was like, yep. Went into that box and grabbed it. Cause I'm the run game coordinator. I was like, here we go. I got it for you. Don't worry. Like that's all it is. So you're organized, organized enough to know where it was at, where to find the pistol stuff. Well, I knew it was in that one box. I just had to dump the box out. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. You know, us guys were like, 
we just put stuff in a box and like we don't know exactly in the box where it is, but we know what box to go grab. We're like, he doesn't, yeah. No, I'm not that organized. I've got Coach Spoo stuff is still in there somewhere, like from 2009 and 10. Like I'm trying to, I don't know. I got clinic stuff in there. It's just old stuff, and I'm like, I'll never use this. Some of it I may never use, and I'm like, but it's in there. Fiance hates it. She goes, "What's in this bot? This huge tote?" And I'm like, "Don't touch it. Leave that alone." <laughs> Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, I know that I've heard, I've, I've been a part of those conversations before. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you need this? And it's like an old play call sheet. I'm like, yeah, I do need that. Yeah. But Steve, it's from 2012. I don't care. I'm putting it in there. <laughs> Why do you need 5,000 pieces of clothing? I can have my box. Oh, she <laughs> hates that. If I come home with like three shirts, where are you going to put that? Well, I don't know, but I've got it. <laughs> Especially cause, uh, would have been 2021. I can't remember. I coached at three different high schools this past year. Not not this year, but the oh. year before. Oh, wow. I worked at I worked at Addison Trail and coached football there. Then I live in Naperville. There was no coaching stipend at Addison, but there was one at Nequa Valley High School up here. So he's like, you want to coach basketball? I said, sure. It's, it's where I live. So I coached basketball there. And then you drive by York High School in Elmhurst, Illinois, and they're like, hey, we need a baseball coach. You want to coach baseball? I said, sure. So I was at three high schools, and people think that's crazy. And I'm like, I know. I am crazy. <laughs> I've, I've, never, that, I've never heard of that. That's wild. I told you you're going to hop off for the first reason. This will be the second reason you hop off. Steve's a little crazy. And I was like, you know – they were paying me. It's cool. You go to a different school. I was trying to be positive about it. You're making relationships. Well, now I do two sports at one school. I do football and basketball at the same school now. Still do baseball at the other school. but So I'm getting there, but it's I don't do it for free. So if there's no stipend, I'm the jerk that's like, I'm not doing it for free. There's got to be a stipend somewhere. Yeah, no. I mean, too much investment of time. But, man, that's awesome. You're just a ball coach through and through. doesn't matter where. I just give him a whistle. <laughs> I know. I think I was put on this earth to coach. Not saying I'm good at it. Not saying yeah. any of that. But it's just, I don't know anything else. When I was 15, I knew I wanted to coach. I was 15 years old. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Like, I knew it. And I'm like, I'm not good at it. But I love helping, you know, the 16, 17, 18-year-olds get to where they need to go. I love learning how the college game works. If I ever do get a college athlete to be like, this is how it's going to work. I've got some connections. They can help you. Um, I like, you know, if they have something going on in their life, I love helping them. Anything that's wrong with their life, I'm there. And I was like, I think that's what I was put here to do. And then I'm not right. good at it. I'm not saying I'm good at it, but it's just one of those things where it's like, gives me purpose to go in there and say, what's going to happen today? How can I help them? And I love it. 100%. That's that's the why. That's that's where you find your purpose. And, and that's really, that's why you do it. That's awesome. Yeah. But it is a little. It was a little crazy. Those I I look back on it for three high schools. I was like, yeah, that was a little. It was a little much, but I only did it for one year, and that's that's okay. We, we so up here in Illinois, there's a thing called Battle of the Big Butts, and it's for linemen, and they do challenges. It's a big time deal. There was 45 high schools in Illinois that showed up. It's a big time thing, and. Uh, I'm looking at the list of the schools going. I was like, is it sad that I've coached at five of these high schools that are go <laughs> that are showing up? 
three in one year. Yeah, no, I was like, um, I've coached at a lot of these high schools. <laughs> All right, here, here's the real question is, did did any of them have success? <laughs> oh, that's hurtful. No, um, <laughs> I've always found myself with the rebuilding programs somehow. Okay, yeah. So, like, my first year being an OC, the year before when I wasn't, we were 0-9, then the next year we go 4-5. and And I'm thinking, like, that's why I thought I knew everything. I'm like, oh, yeah. flipping your hair up. You're like, yeah, I know everything. And then the next year you go, like, 1-8 and because you think you know everything. But it's a rebuilding thing. Long story short, me and the head coach were doing this. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the word culture thing that was happening. Uh, what helped me move was my fiance got a job in Naperville. So I was like, oh, happy life. We're going up to the suburbs. So here we go. Then I got to a school called Lombard East. And this is the one that had success. I showed up. I'm the assistant O-line coach. We go 9-0, and win a first playoff game. We go 10-0. and They had not been in the playoffs since tw- – they had not been in the playoffs since 1999. Hadn't won the conference since 1965. And, like, that one had success. That one was fun. Uh, then the oh, next – I was volunteering, though. Hopped over to the next school to pay me. This school I had not been to the playoffs since 1982. So I'm there, and I'm like, how do I keep finding schools that have to keep build, being, like, rebuilt? Well, we, we were 4-4. Four and four. If we would have won the last game, we're in the playoffs. We lose the game by six points. Like, it was just one of those things. So then COVID hits. I move over to this school now. It's a big rebuilding time. And so we haven't gotten there yet, but uh, for football. Now, basketball, yeah, Nequa Valley, I was there. They won a regional championship. Baseball, varsity this year, they went to the Final Four. So, like, it's a mixed bag of yeah. of things. Now, were you a multi-sport athlete yourself? I was. Mm-hmm. I, yep, I did it all. Uh, nice. I didn't play football till high school because the youth program was by weight, and I'm a big guy. And so they told my parents, hey, he's going to play with guys three years older than him because I was a big kid. And my parents said, no, that's not going to happen. So I didn't play till my freshman year. Played basketball my whole life, baseball my whole life. My senior year of high school, I did track and baseball at the same time. So I did all that. So, yeah, wow, yeah, I was. Nice. And then the sports injuries are catching up with me though. My knees are aching a little bit, and people make fun of me. They're like, "Steve, every time you get up, it's like an old man noise." And I'm like, "I know, my back hurts, my knees are hurting, you know." Uh, well, we just had a water balloon thing for the high school kids, and. Of course, who gets chased with the water balloons? Your coaches. And I'm like, you guys can't catch me, and I still have to run. And after you run, you're like, oh, my hips. Like, why did I run so much? Yep, yep. Man, at 33 years young, I'll tell you what. Oh, yeah. Well, it's because I don't know about you. When you got hurt, you didn't go to the doctor. You were just kind of like, wrap it up, do whatever, let's go. Like, you didn't go get it taken care of. So now I think there's fluid built up up in my knee. I should have gotten out and – my knee sticks to the left a little bit, and you're just kind of like, my knee will buckle. I'll lose feeling, and it just buckles. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. And I just keep walking. <laughs> yep, yep, very true. Like chip bone in the ankle and basketball. They said you have to be out for six weeks. And a week later, I'm like, tape it up. Here we go. Let's just screw it. Yeah. And like 
that's just what it was back in the day. Like there was no concussion. There was no like you have to sit out unless you tore something. No protocol. Yeah, no. A part of it. Part of it. Yeah, I was. Saying, I don't know right. if it was like that when you played, but it was like that when we played. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um. See, that was some rabbit holes there for you. Even though, even though it was about me, I, it's it's about it's not about me. It's about you. You're more important than I am. I'm a nobody coach in Illinois. It's all about you. <laughs> That's why I tell no, people. That's, no, that's that's neat. I mean, that is that is the true. You're living you're living the life of the true definition of coach, man. That's. I am gonna write a. I'll. I will write a book about it one day. Of how do you coach at three high schools at one time? Well, let me tell you how that works. I don't know. I have to give one of them up though. Like you want to talk about getting married and stuff. One of the I I already got told one of the sports has to be given up because. You think I'm gone all the time during football, then basketball hits, gone all the time. Okay. Baseball comes around, gone. You know, what time are you going to get home tonight? Well, maybe 10 o'clock. Like, don't worry about it. Like, it's – that's the that's the part that's rough. That's why I like the summer, even though the summer's busy for high school coaches. Yeah, it is. It's more and more every year. It's wild how it is now. I mean, you they, they have OTAs just like we have OTAs, and they're, you guys are at it nonstop. Yeah, Illinois, we get 25 contact days in the summer for football, which is a lot. Really? Yeah. Really? Wow. I didn't know that. Like, that that's not the weight room. The weight room's its own thing because you label it open weight room, so that's not a contact day. But if you're outside with a football and you're doing stuff, that's a contact day. So, like, with a helmet on and a football, that's a contact day. Okay, got you. If it's just lifting you're doing, that's not a contact day. So yeah. Illinois gets 25, which is crazy, because then, like, Wisconsin in high school, they get five. I think Ohio may get none. I'm not sure. But we don't have spring ball either, so I think that's why they give us all those days. Right, yeah. Makes sense. We only, yeah. we only used 14. We didn't even use them all. Yeah. There's no need what to use them all. What, what were most of those days comprised of? Was it – like individuals walk through seven on seven. Yeah, we had we had three days of seven on seven. We didn't we don't do a lot of it. The Chicago Bears and their outreach program they do a tournament, and we got invited, and you can win money. There was like sixteen teams, and that was a two day affair, which was awesome. Some Bears alumni come out there and watch. It's really cool. Um, that was two days. There's two contact days right there. And then in Illinois, you can do a joint practice now. It could be 11-on-11 run period. It could be on 11-on-11 pass series. Like, it's pretty cool. Wow. But it has to be a super controlled environment if you do that. We did two days of that. We went to a school. No, or three of them. Excuse me. Three days. We went to two different schools. Then we hosted three other schools that came to us. So that was part of the contact days. Then the rest were... Three days a week, normal camp stuff, like you're installing, you're, you know, doing some drills that they're going to see in the season. And, you know, yeah. we're, we're trying to do the new school thing of we don't want to tear these kids down and then they're worn out. And the it's not like when we all play where you're like, hit, 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 hit. It's like we're trying to, like, <laughs> make sure they're still built up and, right. and, and all that yeah. stuff. So, yeah, that's why it's – I think 25 is a lot, though, when we looked at it. We're like, that's a ton of days. To try to do stuff. Yeah, no, that is that is, but yeah, the the growth of the game in the year round 
is uh it's a lot it's a lot so well especially in june when i was doing basketball and football lifts so like you're you're talking they come lift and they go to basketball camp then they go to baseball camp and then if they're in basketball we host all of our shootouts so then they come back and they gotta play three basketball games and you're at that high school for 12 hours a day for three days a week and for no money it's not like you're making money you know buku money there it's yeah, you know, that's why there's in those moments. I wish I would have done the college route sometimes, you know, or tried it. Um, but then when it's over and I get into July and it's just football, I'm like, nah, I'm okay. Like it's it's all working out, and you know, but you know, you have those moments. Now with with all those added days in the summer and you guys being there, have you guys expanded your your playbook and your installs, or you try to still keep it simple and? Let the guys just do what they do and play fast. We're this year, especially, we're trying to be more simple. Like I think I've only done two run plays all summer. I think it's just been inside zone and wide zone for us. We haven't really, yeah, because you're dealing because in high school you're dealing with. Well, I got travel baseball today, so they're not going to be there. So why do we install things if nobody if they're not all there and you're you're battling all that? Um, the COVID year screwed us up because in Illinois. All three seasons were pushed to the spring. So from January to June, you had to play all three seasons. And I was coaching football, basketball, and track at the time. So I did all three within that period of time. And you want to talk about a burnout, I was yeah. burnt out. Like, I can't imagine. Because basketball started first. Well, I, don't, I hope I'm not wasting your time. The first day, no. first day Illinois said you could have basketball practice was in January. That day I woke up and I had a headache and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to work today. I, I just don't feel like going to school. I don't want to, I thought it was just from staring at a computer screen all day, you know, girlfriend. Well, now fiance, she's a girlfriend. She wakes up and she goes, are you going to work today? And I was like, nah, you know, basketball starts later today. I have a headache. I'm just going to stay home. And she was like, this isn't good. Cause you don't, I don't miss work. She's like, you don't ever miss. Let's go get tested. So we got tested. We didn't think we had it. We got Dunkin' Donuts, you know, we're like, ah, whatever. Hour later, you test positive for COVID. So I was that close to like going to practice and I would have shut the whole thing down because I had it. Oh, wow. I had COVID on the Super Bowl. Like the Super Bowl was going on and I had COVID and I'm like, this sucks. You know, you couldn't taste, I could taste nothing for a month. And I'm like, this sucks. Oh, no, not a Super Bowl Sunday, dang. The wings you couldn't taste. Um, You know, I, I didn't have a taste or smell for that whole month. And it was bad. Yeah. Because um, I, I think I had it two or three times. And oh, yeah. I've had it twice. We had we had the deal at Jacksonville State, and I think they did like a Sports Illustrated article on it. But we played, we played four games in the fall and then a complete season in the spring mm-hmm. and then into the playoffs. I remember I mean, that. It was, it was wild. Yeah, I remember that because – even for us, like in Illinois, we we played football in March through April for six games. Then June hit, and they said go back to normal. So then it's like you're trying to do basketball and football, and then you play football season like kind of what you guys did. And then you play a whole other football season in August. Yeah, right, right. Looking back, and I'm not political at all because I'm not smart enough. I'm like, yeah. but how stupid was that? Looking back at it, you're like, this is dumb. <laughs> this is so <laughs> stupid. 
and we were all burnt out. The kids were burnt out. I was burnt out. But to go back to your question, that year we were simple for COVID. Then when we got into 2021, we felt like we had to scheme and put all this stuff in just because you had all that extra. Because it just felt like the season kept going. So you're like, oh, they should know this already because we did in the spring. We're going to keep expanding. And it got to like six run plays and all these pass plays. And then we kind of realized we were like, oh, we can't do that no more. And so yeah. with with the days we used, because we're only going to use 14, we, we made it real simple. We were like, we're not going to put everything in. We don't know if we can put everything in. We got to change. We're going to be a run heavy team now. We're going to be pistol. <laughs> A little bit, and so it's just we have to be stupid simple, which is which is who I am. I'm stupid and I'm simple, so it works out. I bet you execute though. That's all that matters. I hope we're gonna try. You know, like I said, we're trying to rebuild the program. We're it's right. depending on what school you're at. It's it's hard. Some football numbers go down, especially with when COVID happened. They were like, oh, I can go to work or this or that, and then the parents saw it, and they're like, oh, yeah, my kid can go to work, and it saves us money, and so it just kind of, you know, we're – our sophomore class is big, which is nice, so hopefully it comes back. We're, you know, this senior class was for freshmen when COVID happened, which is crazy to think about. Wow, already. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and they're great kids. Like, I have all my linemen coming back. They're all seniors, so, like, that part's good, but – we think after this year, you'll start to see the numbers kind of go back up because everybody's getting away from the the COVID stuff and working. And unless you are already a powerhouse program, you're dealing with this. Like talking to other schools that were not winning games, they're dealing with the same stuff we're dealing with. They're like, you know, we're trying to get numbers up. Baseball is an issue, which no nothing wrong with baseball. It's just the travel baseball is an issue for a lot of teams. Because in Illinois, that was the one thing you could play outside with no mask during COVID, so it became even bigger and, you know, all that stuff. But, yeah, right, right. that stuff happened. I'm glad I could educate you on Illinois and how it works because it was – it's crazy. I, I can imagine. It was a different world. We need a football coach to run the states is what I think, but that's just me. I think football coaches should run each state, especially after oh, all yeah. that. <laughs> Get a lot more done. There'd be some efficiency, that's for sure. Toughness about it. Well, and you'd work together. That's the other problem. Right. right. Um, I was going to ask you this question a long time ago when we started talking about me, and I didn't mean to do that. Um, so how's recruiting going now for you guys, for you, like, with name, image, and likeness and with this transfer portal? Like, has it affected you when you got there? Or, like, how is that – kind of affecting recruiting, looking at high school? Because some coaches tell me they don't change. Like, we still look at high school. Like, it doesn't change. Yep. yep. Um, we, it's changed a little bit just from the fact that, you know, especially when you, you're a new staff, you inherit a new team, you know, and the, the cause and effect of that, how, you know, if you have players from, from your team, that are leaving and getting in the portal to go to a new team. Well, then you, in, in that case, you have to seek out the portal to go fill those spots of those experienced guys that just left. Right. You know, so we dealt with that a little bit, you know, before I got here, uh, two linebackers jumped in the portal when coach freeze left to go to Auburn. So that, you know, they, they had 35 games of experience between the two of them or whatever that may be. And, 
the room was young and inexperienced with those two guys taken out of the equation. Mm-hmm. You know, so now you have you have to go fill those spots, you know, with with experienced guys, you know, guys that can step in and and be able to play a play a role and play a lot um, early on. So, you know, in that regard, you know that you you tend to be appreciative of the portal, mm-hmm. I guess, if that's the case. Um, you know, if that wasn't the case, then we'd probably be. You always want to be able to, at least for us and our philosophy, we want to be able to get back to uh, recruiting primarily high school guys, you know, that you can um, bring in the program early, develop them, um, help them to grow and understand what the culture is, and they become program guys that don't want to leave, mm-hmm. you know, because they're so bought into the brotherhood and the family, and, you know, they they develop, you know, as, as part of uh, under your culture. You know, that's ideally how we'd like to do it. But there's always those those times where, you know, there's a stopgap guy that you need uh-huh. uh, where, where you feel like you need experience now and a guy who can go out and produce and play for you this right. year. So, um, you know, it's there's there's some of both. And, it, it you know, it definitely affects us and how we, um, you know, go go about doing that. It, it's a case by case basis, too. And, you know, a, a lot of times it just becomes like free agency and then the NIL is going to affect you because your guys are group of five guys and they want to go, you know, go take advantage of the NIL and go to a, you know, power five SEC school. You right. know, so you're going to lose those guys. So you need to go replace that usually from the portal. So mm-hmm. there's, there's that, there's that trickle down effect as well. So it all kind of affects us and it's kind of weird being in the middle of, you know, you're not a FCS school. You're not a, a SEC school. You know, so you know, there's guys that are good enough to go play in the SEC to get pulled from your team. So you know, you're going to try to replace those guys um, as fast as you can, mm-hmm. and then you're you're you might be looking at the FCS levels, you know, to find their best players. You know, a guy that wants to come up and play Division One at the Group of Five. Um, so all all that's going on, and then. You know, sometimes you can still go the JUCO route if those guys are being under-recruited, you know, or, or is it the high school guys that are, you know, not being looked at or getting dropped because a Power 5 team takes a portal guy, so you're not, now you're able to get a high school kid that you wouldn't normally be able to get, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so all those dynamics are at play, you know, and uh-huh. it's constantly changing. You have to be able to to adapt and, and think quickly and, you know, manage the roster and, it, it becomes like NFL free agency, you know, mm-hmm. to some degree. So it's pretty wild. It's it's definitely a new age, and we're just learning as fast as we can and, and adapting to it. But, yeah, it's it's different. Yeah, I feel for you guys when that was happening. Like I said, I don't trust everything in the media. And I was like, good thing I can go straight to the sources and say, like, right. how did – Yeah. Because I think of it from a coach side, like, yeah – some of you make the big money, like we said. So for some of those yeah. coaches, you're like, oh, you should work harder. But the yeah. normal coaches, that's just adding more pressure. And I'm like, I feel for them. Like, yeah, you guys are going to be positive about it and say, like, okay, this is it. We're going to be positive about it. We're going to use the tools we have. But it just adds more work. Like you said, like, you're good this day. Then the next day a kid leaves. And you're 100%. like, yeah, like, yeah, you're going to be positive about it and say, well, yeah, we can go get a – replace him or, or do whatever. But you feel good. And then all of a sudden it's like now you don't feel good. 
So I feel for you coaches that have to deal with that, you know, yeah. that just at the drop of a hat, something could change and, and, you know, but. Yeah. Right. And this, so this past spring evaluation recruiting cycle, you're trying to get boots on the ground and go out, you know, and show your face being the, you know, being, being a new staff showing for the first time, like maybe in a new recruiting area yeah. and you're going to meet and make those relationships with high school coaches and start evaluating high school guys. And while that's happening, you know, there's guys leaving your team, you know, possibly leaving your team and jumping in the portal. You're trying to manage that. And then you're trying to manage bringing in transfer portal guys on official visits yeah. on the weekend when you were out, you know, in a different state recruiting and evaluating that state in the high schools all week and coming right. back and doing, doing that on the weekend. So it, it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, I'm friends with, um, Alan Rudolph. He's a line coach at Ohio and the only the big thing he said was he just finds himself on campus more, like you said. You have to be there more for these transfers that come in because you have to show them right away of, like, here's the school and everything else. And then I won't say who has told me this, but some coaches then say, yeah, I bring a kid on. They're not interested in the school. The first thing out of their mouth is how much money am I about to make? Like, that's the next thing. And I'm not going to say who told me that, but they say that to me. And I'm like, oh, Really? And they're like, yep, that's the next battle we face. And, you know, yeah. it's just forever. This is where we're going now. And it's forever changing. And you got to be positive about it. You have to be like, hey, I can't answer that. That's the collective. That's this or whatever. But here's yeah. the school, you know, like that's. <laughs> here's here's what else we have to offer. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah, that will be interesting, you know, as conferences continue to, to realign and, you know, the, the bigger, you know, power five schools with 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 more money you know how that gap's gonna change or it, are there gonna be people being able to compete and keep up with them or does that gap just widen and change and you know there's only there's only 10 schools that the guys really truly end up looking at because of how much money they're able to give you know that that will be that'll be interesting as well yeah because i'm all about them making money it's just how right. do you can how do we get it controlled which People can say what they want. I'm not political. Don't care. I'm just like, I want them to make money. You know, all you coaches deserve money. All the players deserve if they're able to. It's just, if that's the first question they ask, then that's kind of the path that it's going down is more about, well, this guy's getting $2 million. Whatever, I'm just making something up. I want that. Yeah. Like you said, like it's free agency. It's like, well, I want that. And yeah. you're like, well, yeah. wait a minute. Like, we can't do that. We can't just, you know, whatever. I don't know. Don't know how it works. All works, but it's it's just yeah. Yeah. more pressure on you guys. And God bless you guys for having to deal with that stuff because yeah. I deal with it, grades and stuff. I, I'm not dealing with money. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, hopefully, and we have to do a better job on the front end of identifying and evaluating, you know, and, and finding the right guys who want to be a part of Liberty because of, because of who we are and, you know, the type of culture we have and what we had to offer as a university and a team. And if you can find program guys like that, who, you know, who fit, who fit that, that mold of, of, you know, wanting to be here for the right reasons and not, not in it for, for, you know, all the selfish reasons, you, if you can find those guys and identify those guys and maybe they might be a little less talented or an inch shorter, but you can win and hang your hat on guys like that. So that that's where, you know, you take the, onus on yourself and more responsibility of, of finding guys like that that fit your fit your team. Yeah, and there's 
like you said, every program, there's kids like that out there. They're not all of them are going to ask, how much money am I about to make? You have to say, right. like, you will make money, but it's about Liberty or whoever. And, and there's kids like that still out there. It's just the media focuses on the, the other stuff. And that's why I like talking to everybody because it's all different. Everywhere is different. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. You know, like I said, I'm not smart, but I'm smart enough to know that it's not like that everywhere. You know, like, that's why I can't watch the news. I can't watch all this stuff because I'm like, ah, that's fake. Like, we're all the same. <laughs> we're all the same. <laughs> I can't do <laughs> yeah, it. No, exactly right about that. Yeah. Um, I know you got other stuff to do, but to slowly, you know, we've said the word culture a couple of times. My whole off season this year was what 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 does culture mean you know and you know it's a buzzword it's easy for you and i to say i say it all the time um especially for position coaches like when you took over your room like how did you walk in and say here's going to be my standard here's going to be what we're about like like what was the first steps when you took over that room um you know actually something that was pretty unique in the interview process is that coach chadwell let me meet with the the linebacker group on my interview. And okay. I told myself that that from the jump, you know, the very first opportunity I had to get in front of them, I was going to be completely genuine and transparent and show them my heart, you know, who I was, um, what I believed in, mistakes I've made, um, you know, what I what I think this game's about, what the game's given me. Um so did that from day one, you know, and I think that kind of disarms them. And they, as soon as you can show, you know, some of that vulnerability and show them that, you know, you're not perfect and you don't expect them to be, but you're going to hold them to a very high standard and hold them accountable. Um, I, I think that helps you and it goes a very long way if you do that from the jump. So I was able to do that. And, and then you kind of talk about building within that unit, building a brotherhood. You know, guys that they are able to put the team first, you know, the, the whole uh, Bill Belichick quote about what mental toughness is and doing the right thing, you know, for the team, whether, you know, it's not the best thing for you, it might not be the best thing for you at the time. Um, getting them to buy in to that mindset, mm -hmm. you know, and, and being a brotherhood and put the team first, you know, and being able to sacrifice a little bit of your own wants and needs and desires, um, you know, for the greater good and being a part of something bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, so all those things, you know, that, that make the game of football so great, you know, are, are things I try to instill in the guys. Um, and then just being, being, being dependable, man, um, being a dependable man who's consistent and disciplined, you know, and a guy that, that can be counted on, you know, by his family, his teammates on a, on his coaches on a daily basis. Um, being, being a competitor, you know, competing in everything they do and, and just having that desire. Uh, to be their, their the best version of themselves, I see you got that that Kobe uh, poster. <laughs> he's, he's had a huge effect on me, and and his Mamba mentality is something that we talk about a lot. You know, the constant pursuit of, of the best version of yourself. You know, and you're not competing necessarily against somebody else, but you're competing against your yourself to be the best you can be. Um, and then something that uh, our analysts um, brought over from Coastal, which you know they. They had something special there, and, and they had guys bought in, you know, to, to what Coach Chadwell was preaching and, and what he was about. And one of his things was was a uh, fit-the-run mindset. 
you know, and as a linebacker, it's not just telling you that you have to know your run fits. It's telling you that that you're willing to go throw your body in there in, in the dark places where you mm-hmm. don't know if you're going to come back out alive and you're able to go sacrifice for your teammates, you know, and go go fit and fill gaps, you know, against bigger linemen, faster, faster running backs. So that's another type of mentality that we try to create in the room. Um, definitely try to be, you know, entitlement free and earn everything that we get and work for everything that we get um, and have that constant competition in the room. You know, you, you see the Ohio States and the Alabamas with multiple guys at the same position pushing each other to be the best and, you know, the old adage of iron sharpening iron. So like all those things, you try to try to instill in them and and try to help, you know, this day and age, everyone is out for, for themselves and out to get theirs. You know, if you can try to try to help them see that, you know, sacrificing and, and giving giving up some of yourself for the betterment of the team is actually going to help everybody else out in the long run and make your team better, uh, which is going to help you out, you know, trying try to get them to buy in and believe that. That that's a big thing. So uh, it's fun. You you know you're the head coach of your your position. Yeah. You know so you're you're you have to take extreme extreme responsibility of that. And if they're not you know doing things right off the field or not executing, that that all falls back on you. So you can try to try to help mold them and and create a, a that's a culture. It's it's what you do and say and mm-hmm. and think and how you act on a daily basis. You know it's ever it's constantly changing and evolving and you could be pushing it forward or or make pushing it back you know based off of decisions you're making but get, getting them to buy in and take ownership and see that they are a part of that culture and they ultimately decide how it's going to be you know so so in a long-winded answer that's that's kind of what we try to do in the room no i'm glad you said that because it proves i'm smart because i said the same thing i said it's forever changing so if you are smart enough to say it then i might i'm on to something here that's what i'm telling myself if, if a coach at Liberty is saying that, then I am on to something here if, if it's forever changing. You know, like this year I'm having more fun in my all offensive line meeting rooms. I'm joking around. I'm serious, but then there's a time where I joke yeah. around and, yeah. like, you know, oh, oh, I mean, we have our own language. So it's like, you know, we're, right. you know, if I'm having more fun because they get tense. I could tell if I'm coming in and they're tense and they're waiting for me to get mad and I can see yeah. it, I'm like, yeah. Maybe I won't get mad at this. Maybe I'll joke about it, and then they get loosen up a little bit, and you know it's forever right. evolving. And every day it might change. You might walk in there, and every day you gotta tweak something or pull something out of your tool belt to kind of, you know, you'll have yeah. your standard, but then there's some things that that the standard never changes. You can't that that's set, but the yeah. rest of it, like you said, it's forever, you know, forever changing, forever being tweaked a little bit, and you know, and I love how you said the character. It's who we are, and. You know, a lot. I've asked that to a lot of college coaches. I think some had to think about, it and they that they all say that, and I think that we all know that. Like it's character, and so yeah. if you guys are smart enough to say it, then I'm on the right path here. Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. I mean, I, there there's no perfect recipe, but you know, I I think if you can you can hold you you have clear standards and you communicate that clearly, and you are who you say you are, you know. And on a daily basis, and you're consistent in your approach, and ultimately they're gonna they're gonna take on take on the the persona and personality of their position coach. You you hope that's what they do, and they you hope it's you know how you act on a daily basis, and that's why it's it challenges us as coaches so much 
to bring the right mindset and mentality and selflessness every day. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be constantly reminded of that because if you, you know, if you're not, if you're not doing that, they're going to see right through it. They're going to see that you're in it for yourself. They're going to see that, you know, you didn't bring the, the much pale hard hat mindset today. Uh, they're going to see right through it. So you, you have to take that accountability upon yourself and get, get locked in every single day, you know, so, so that they can follow you. So that it's challenging, but definitely the most rewarding thing for sure. Yep. That happened to me. I didn't want to be there at practice one day this past week because I was exhausted. I'm tired. You know, <laughs> they could tell I was in a bad mood. And then one of them actually joked with me and then it just flipped it because of my, because the meeting room, they knew I joked with them. If they're in a bad mood, they saw I was in a bad mood. So one of them made a joke. And then yeah. I turned around and they thought I was going to get mad. And I go, I needed that today. And then it was right back on, you know, so they could see right yeah. through it. But it's either they see right through it and they just don't respond and they're like, whatever he ain't ready to go we're not going to practice hard or they try to get you back out of it you know and you know because i'll I'll admit to them when i'm wrong i admit to them if i'm in a bad mood because i'm like i'm gonna say the wrong things i'm gonna do the wrong things but if i say i'm wrong and i admit to it and we learn from it then they start to learn from it as well and i think they like hearing that because their kids are going to constantly get told what to do by teachers and coaches and everything oh we got to they're always right. I'm like, no, I'm not always right. You know, I might tell you to go left when you should have went right because my mind is going hundred miles an hour and I, you, yeah. or whatever. And, but it was just fun. It was fun. It was Monday. I was in a bad mood. Something happened and I, whatever, they made a joke. I'm like, all right, I needed that. Thanks. And now we're back. Right. No, hundred percent. You said it. You said it. if you're able to, you know, tell them and admit when you're wrong, you know, hopefully they're, they're going to reciprocate that and do the same. And, and that's how you learn and that's how you grow together. And, and that's ultimately, you know, the, the goal for everybody in the room. Yeah. So yeah, definitely agree. Well, coach, I took a lot of your time. I know you're a busy, busy man. Like I said, it was two years in the making, but I appreciate you finally getting on here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had a blast and uh, appreciate you, uh, you having me on and, and um, good luck this fall. It, and for many reasons, you, you getting married during football season. Yep. And, Yep, and all the all the different teams that you're going to be coaching. <laughs> yeah, football, basketball, and baseball. It's okay. I got to fit my honeymoon in there somewhere too. I told she already said that, and I was like, "Oh, that's another thing I got to fit in there somewhere." <laughs> there you go. It, it's got to be what January somewhere tropical. Well, that's what I was telling her. I was like, "Hey, as soon as basketball is over, we're gone. Like, let's just go. Yeah. Baseball can hold on a second. We're gone." <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you gotta go take advantage of that so hope you enjoy it and uh wish you wish you nothing but uh tons of success and in, in, in everything this season you as well and like i said i'll be watching your guys's offense and then maybe army will look like you too we'll have to see what that looks like yeah we shall see if you ever want to want to come up to lynchburg and and meet with some of the uh the offensive staff feel free you got my number so Oh, I'll be there. Don't, don't threaten me with a good time. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you in Virginia soon. Yep. Thank you. All right. Have a good one.